Alex. And I'm Val. And today, we're going to do a first for this show, which is record our second Sopranos podcast episode in one day. Whoa. Wow. Yes. So, we're here for... Hopefully we can make it through. (laughs) Hopefully we can keep going. It's important. Time is of the essence right now. Yeah. So this is season three, episode eight. He is risen. Mm Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, we're continuing on with the third season, um, finding ourselves in a box as <laughs> if we don't do it today, then there will be no podcast episode. So, And I know you all will be very we'll be sad. Heartbroken. And yeah. we, we truly value our Monday and Thursday release times and would never compromise we, and on And we know you all do also. Yeah. So here we are. <laughs> um, here we are. Yeah. Um, I feel like this episode in some ways actually continues on more from university mm. than it does from our past episodes that we, we were just, just doing uh, immediately prior to this second opinion <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when you do do um, just because it does come back to kind of the Ralphie Tony stuff it comes back to what Ralphie did to Tracy yeah um, it even comes back to the Jackie Jr. thing that was kind of initiated earlier in earlier episodes. It's actually a really interesting testament to the way that this show plays with form because it is so linked to that episode and then it makes you think like, well, why would um, the last episode be placed there, right? Right. To kind of like separate them. And that like when we were talking about the main storylines and the main focus on characters in that last episode, you know, we had the second opinion for Carmela and the second opinion for Corrado. Well, both of those are rather unrelated to the storylines that are developed in this episode Mm -hmm. from university Mm -hmm. now two episodes ago Mm -hmm. it's interesting yeah no i found it i was like oh yeah like that was only one like we only had one episode in between that yeah but it feels like kind of a long time ago yeah in some ways yeah um and we know like we kind of get the sense of that in the characters too like for richie and for tony that this has been like we don't know how much time has actually passed since then but we do know that there has been some time that's passed, and it's been kind of like building up inside them this kind of anger and tension, yeah. right? So um, you do get the sense that some time has passed. We also have like weirdly, not weirdly, but um, we have a marker of time that it's Thanksgiving. Yeah. So definitely like since the beginning of the season, some time has passed because we have Meadows starting university right at the beginning of the season so yeah. you know at least a couple months have passed yeah that's a great point actually because it can be kind of hard to track time in this show yeah. but that actually is pretty specific yeah we don't get a, we don't get a lot of that it's weird because thanksgiving just passed for us in real life in real life <laughs> in um, not sopranos world i mean is there really a difference uh yes oh. well for i don't know for us i don't know i find that our world is rather different from soprano's uh, world but not really mine no no you're, you're, you're doing a lot of the same things yeah cool yeah. <laughs> i didn't know that <laughs> i know it's weird um so yeah i don't know i like i think this show this show well this show and especially this episode is a lot about the relationships between a couple different dyads of characters mm-hmm. like i think it definitely focuses on the ralphie and tony thing um, we're introduced to another character who is becomes linked in with Tony. We have Gloria. Gloria. And then the question that I've been left with before watching this show, but I was definitely left with it watching this episode, is why does Meadow like Jackie? Mm, interesting question. So that's kind of my Well, why don't focus. we start there? Why do you think Meadow likes Jackie? Why does Meadow like Jackie? I don't know. Like, so... 
you know, we know that they know each other, right? Yeah. We've seen them in past episodes interact. Mm-hmm. But it feels like suddenly, so suddenly they're at this party where everyone's taking ecstasy. Right. And, um, you know, Jackie's there selling with his friend. Yeah. Um, Caitlin's all fucked up. Right. Meadow asks for ecstasy. And then we see them ending up in Meadow's room together, which, right. like, seems... I mean, I don't know. I'm not, like, judging them. But I didn't get the sense that that was really the nature of their relationship. And obviously, like, she's on ecstasy. So I'm not going to, you know, right. judge those decisions too harshly. But then their episode, their their relationship for the rest of the episode is rather intimate. Like, more, totally. more than just, like, two yeah. kids of parents who know each other. No, definitely. It's not that anymore. Yeah. It is turning into something different. I mean, there are moments in the episode where even when Jackie comes across pretty poorly, I mean, we see him at home and interacting with, you his know, his mother and, with, and, Ralphie. and with Ralphie. And he's kind of a dick. Like, yeah, he's. Yeah. OK, well, let's talk he's, about why Jackie's a dick. Why is Jackie a dick? So, <laughs> Unraveled. Yeah. So he eats tricks cereal. Right. I feel like this is becoming a theme of this show. Like, why X is a dick? No. Well, <laughs> it's just good. I mean, they're all dicks. Well, it's actually, it's a pretty relevant question to um, <laughs> unravel these characters. But yeah, he eats tricks cereal. Mm-hmm. He... <laughs> that's... <laughs> that's the main one. That's the main one. Um, no, he's really childish, right? Like, is he even still in school or is he just telling people that he is? No, it seems at like he's... A, he's a, I mean, when he talks to Meadow, it seems like he's saying he's not even going anymore. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um... He's selling drugs at university parties. Yeah. Um, he's really like... He's he has not... no interest in committing to anything. I mean, even like no. his mom is kind of like pampering him, saying, I know you don't like to be tied down, but it would be really nice if you could come to Thanksgiving. Yeah. And there's been earlier examples of him just basically, well, literally saying, fuck you, I'm not going yeah, to no. things when he's expected to. So he really has no consideration for anything other than what he's interested in in yeah. the moment. Well, and you see him like he stands up. Like she's like, you don't have to stay for dessert if you don't want to. And yeah. he like stands up and leaves without saying anything, yeah. basically. Um, he was, well, okay, so backtrack a little, a second. He, like, checks out Meadow's boobs while she's sleeping. Right. Yeah. You know, which is... And approaches what is hard to not interpret as, like, almost raping her in that yeah in like, that moment pretty like broad interpretation of her saying no don't do that right um yeah we have him doing that we have him what else in this and i episode? think him saying i can't stop now i can't so stop not, yeah. now yeah <laughs> um and then we have him like when meadow does take his car keys mm-hmm. and crashes his car we do have him like seeming like he's showing real right affection or, or care I mean I think like you know he obviously does care about her he says things to her like I just want to be with you so badly yeah. or whatever but then we see him playing pool with his friend and it's like more about like has he slept with her yet and so well I that's like what, how his like, friend is kind of presenting it like yeah. have you slept with her and then he's the one who's saying you know I don't know if it's a good idea he seems to be concerned about the image of not having slept with her but he's definitely coming across as a dick when he's playing pool he tells them to rack up the balls again to she's, play another game. She's creaming for him. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> He's mean, definitely not coming across well in that moment for yeah, many reasons. But, but I'm thinking like with his like treating her kindly after the accident. Yeah. Like, it, and then she's like, no, I just want to go home with you. Yeah. No, I mean, right? I think like always with the show, they're complicating the characters. There's multiple yeah. sides to them. 
Yeah. Um, but that doesn't really answer our question of why does Meadow like him because he seems like a real dick. Well, I mean, I, it's hard to completely unravel, but I mean, I guess perhaps she's drawn to something that reminds her of her home and also like the family that she grew up with. Mm-hmm. Like he comes from this mob world and he's reminiscent of where she comes from rather than where she is in New York City. Yeah. No, I, I think that's definitely part of it. I... I struggle with it a little bit because of her current relationship with Tony. Right. Right? Which is kind of captured a little bit in this episode. But, like, why would she be drawn to someone who comes from that same, you know, whatever, like, worldview or something like that? I feel like there's, like, not enough to, like, really answer that. I feel like anything I could come up with would would be, like, just total conjecture. I mean, I don't know. Maybe she... She knows that it would upset him to be with somebody who comes from the same world. You could, I mean, you could come up with a lot of theories, but that's really all that it would be. Totally. And I don't think that we have a window in or enough dialogue to back up, like, why she would choose Jackie. But, I mean, I think we can make some pretty educated guesses about why that would be. Yeah, like, when he says something about, like, oh, don't, just don't tell your dad about the ecstasy, she's like, I don't even talk to him anymore. Yeah. And then she takes ecstasy. Um, so, like, there's definitely, like, I feel like she is, like, actively, like, same with when she was with Noah. Like, there is an element of her relationships being, like, a point of rebellion. Right. You know? And so... Interesting. At least that's how I see mm-hmm. it. And so, in some ways, like, it, it is. Because I don't think that... To- I mean, Carmela definitely does not approve of the relationship. I don't no. think Tony would either. <sighs> Interesting. Okay. But then, here's a question. More than he... Would with t- with Noah? Right. I mean, pro- like it, shoot, he would probably be more okay with it than with Noah. Probably. But he, but Tony, like we also have insight into like how Tony feels about Jackie, right? Because it, like he sees it kind of as his role to make sure that his father's wishes were carried out, right? That he yeah. like doesn't get involved in this world, and then he goes to school and blah blah blah. Right. Um, I love the scenes between, and we see more of them later the scenes between Roe and Carmela where like Rosalie's really excited about this yeah. prospect and Carmela's like oh god no. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and I think that's an interesting relationship and I guess like we'll see how it plays out yeah this season yep we will see um but they also like the other thing like is with Meadow is this the the kind of like flashback that we get with her when she's in the kitchen she's kind of obscured by Carmela when Carmela is taking the turkey out mm-hmm. and Carmela moves away and like reveals Meadow basically like you really can't even see her behind mm. there at first and then Tony sees Meadow holding this tray of bread and flashes back to when Tracy was coming and bringing him that tray of bread (laughs) yeah whatever kind of banana bread i don't know um and there is reference to like when they're talking about what ralphie did there's like there was multiple mentions to like it wasn't your it like it wasn't your blood it wasn't related to a marriage and then ralphie says like i could understand if it was his daughter Right. right, so there is, so they are like tying her into that character. Yeah. Very, I mean, like yeah. over the top yeah. doing that yeah. for you, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, they definitely 
And we talked about the connection between mm-hmm. Caitlin, Tracy, and Meadow mm-hmm. in the episode University, University but yeah. the actual use of a flashback in this episode is about as heavy-handed as the show ever totally. gets. And it's rare. We don't see flashbacks all that often. Totally. Um, but we do here. We see a flashback of Tracy when, you know, when he sees Meadow, and he actually goes to her and, and says, you know, like, if I really love... If anything ever happened yeah. to you, yeah. And it's kind of left there. But it is an interesting thing to think about because it does enter into the realm of like okay well why are all these characters actually concerned about how this is unfolded Mm -hmm. and it's actually more about the rules of her not being blood than Mm -hmm. the violence that happened against this woman right and so yeah like the lines that you know that that you were saying like Silvio saying Tracy's not related to you by blood or and she's not your guma and then he's got a legitimate beef which I think introduces this really interesting thing about what are these characters actually worried about? And are they worried about, like, the evil that was put out there of killing this woman mm-hmm. over nothing? Mm-hmm. Um, or are they worried about their standing and their machismo yeah. and their, like, following of the rules? I think probably the latter. <laughs> I think definitely the latter because I think it's evolved into that. And, I mean, you know, we yeah, have Yeah, Tony... it's not about that. It's all about, again, like, respecting the Bing. It's all yeah. about... Um. Yeah, like just like you're standing, you're whatever, like being rude, right? Yeah. Like Richie apologizes for being rude in yeah. his like very childish apology. Ralph, we'll talk about not Richie. Oh, oh so easy, oh, I know. It's so easy to mess that up, I know. <laughs> I know. It'll, I'm sure, I know I have. You've caught me and I'm sure I've done more than just that one time. So apologies. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, ah, you know. I, I lost my... It's, it's interesting, though. I mean, you know, because, like, Tony, right after it happened, was in an appointment with Melfi, and he seems to be really torn up about the young man who died, you know, in the, what Melfi in, then interprets as being in a garbage compactor in the last episode. Right. But actually, he never said that. But he is actually legitimately really emotionally affected by, by Tracy's, death. By Tracy's yeah. death, whereas now it's really evolved into being something about the professional situation. About yeah. how does he deal with Ralphie? Yeah. And, you know, he's talking about Sun Tzu. Yeah. But I don't even know what he said. Mac, Mac, Machiavelli? Yeah. Machiavelli. Yeah, which is amazing. <laughs> which is pretty amazing. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And I, I just, I think that it has evolved to its true meaning for these characters. And that, like, what Tony's actually worried about now is more of, like, a power dynamic. Mm-hmm than anything else mm-hmm. until he's kind of brought out of that at his thanksgiving dinner by seeing like you know having that flash of tracy yeah you know i think that's the one moment into that where it kind of does remind him yeah how serious that was for him yeah right and other and other characters kind of question him on that and they're yeah. like you know like it was not your like again like with like it wasn't it's not your blood yeah like, um you know, some, you just have to let it go kind of thing, right? Other characters are kind of like, you just need to solve this like, yeah. business issue. Yeah. Not It's not about the morals. It's not about no. what's right. It's just about, like... The question, though, that I was really asking myself throughout the episode is, why is Tony taking it this way? So, like... Okay, so wh- do you want to move on to, like, Tony and Ralphie, then? Do we want to... Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, why don't we, we kind of okay. examine that? Cool. Because, like, why does Tony act the way he is? Like, why does he make it so serious? And... It's an interesting question because I don't think the answer is all that obvious. I cannot confidently say that he's acting this way 
strictly because he is torn up about Tracy's yeah, death. Yeah, or like taking a moral standpoint. Yeah, I don't think no. that that's it. It's but no. it's it's murky though. At the same time, yeah. I think that there's a there's a power dynamic issue. Yeah. There's yeah there's something about like putting Ralphie in his place. Um. There's just like a personal distaste for him. Like they yeah. just don't get along. They're just two characters who. I mean, I don't think Ralphie gets along with many people, but yeah. But like, there's something particularly about Tony and him that push each other's buttons, and totally, you know, like it just makes it difficult. But then, you know, so then, like in that last scene where Tony makes Ralphie a captain, and then Ralphie says, "Are we going to have a drink together or what?" And Tony just drinks his and leaves. Yeah. Like, why is he acting that way? What does that accomplish? And for me, actually, more than anything, that c- comes from his distaste for Ralphie. I think that's where that's coming from. Yeah. I don't know if that is about Ralphie having killed Tracy and it making a moral stance. No. I Maybe think in it's part. About, I think it's about Ralphie on the whole. Like, you know, now we know why he was, you know, being so crazy at the bank yeah. that other time when he was, like, waving that chain around. Like, we know now that he was coked out. Yeah. So that, like, explains that a little bit, I guess. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess. I guess. <laughs> Is that what happens? That's terrifying. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, for him it does. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't – I really don't see it as just about that. I think it's, like, there's something about him that is threatening for Tony. Um and I'm not sure exactly, like, what it is that Ralphie's done or, like, what Tony is afraid is going to happen. But there's something about Ralphie that he wants to get rid of. Yeah. Like, he doesn't want – he doesn't trust him. Yeah. He doesn't want him around. And, like, kind of fair enough, too. Like yeah. I mean, like, we're – we are witnesses to what happens in a lot of different situations that none of the characters have. And, I mean, you have to almost be on Tony's side because Ralphie really is, like, a major antagonist. Yeah. Like, he is really a piece of shit. Well, and now especially how he's, like, going to Johnny Sachs. And he's, yeah. like – and Johnny Sachs is playing both sides of this argument, too, like a little sneaky yeah. guy. Right. Um, but – Saying that he won't dip his beacon and then immediately we're getting edits to him talking to Ralphie on the phone. And yeah. And not portraying the information that he's given accurately, accurately at all. Yeah, I don't know what his... I know, one really has to question what he's getting out of this and why he's acting that way. Yeah. Well, it's maybe even, you know, it's in some ways clearer. Like, power vacuum is a good thing, you know, with that esplanade and stuff like that. Right. Um, you know, he can he can capitalize on that. Yeah. For me, it's, it is, it's like less clear about the Tony and, and Ralphie thing. And we do know there's, like, some history there that we don't know all the ins and outs of, yeah. right? Like, uh, we get little windows into it. Like, at some point, Ralphie went to Miami, yeah. right? We don't really have that whole story yet. No. And we don't ever really get that whole story. But, yeah. we, you know, we get a few little insights into it. Yeah. So, you know, there's some history there. Uh, I think they're around the same age, Tony and, mm. and Ralphie. Would you say that? Probably. Um, so, you know, who knows what happened when they were younger and stuff like that. Um, wow, I even wrote Richie in my notes one time. (laughs) I know, it's bad. It's It's very hard not to do. Um. What is that about the show? Like, I feel like that's a totally natural thing, though. Like, Richie and Ralphie are, like, 
just kind of like an extension of the same character or something in the show, even though they are actually quite different. Mm-hmm. Like if you examine the character of Richie and Ralphie, mm-hmm. they really are not the same. But the fact that they show up in like sequential seasons mm-hmm. and they are like this antagonizing force. And they're both like, and they just kind of like, like crazy violent people. Crazy violent new additions to the mob. Yeah. There, there are things, and again... Their names like, both start with R. That, that's the thing that That's the thing. That's what it is. It's too much. I can't do that. No, but like Tony, like they're both antagonizing to Tony in a similar way. Tony yeah. doesn't really... Tony isn't that good at dealing with those kind of like unexpected people. Yeah. Um, or not unexpected people, but you know what I mean? Like kind of... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, people who behave in unexpected ways. Right. There's yeah. a word. I can't yeah. think of it. Okay. This is our second episode yeah. today. I don't know. Um, but he, like, we see that with him again and again. Like, yeah. those aren't people who he can deal with. Right. He likes things to be, like, as he expects mm-hmm. them to be. So those characters really bug him. Um, right. His, his apology, I think, is is really... Ralphie's apology. I wrote Richie's here, but right. Uh, Ralphie's apology is really interesting, right? Yeah. So like he's clearly been coached. I, for me, it's like yeah. a child who's apologizing for something who's been yeah. like told what to say, right? He's like, "I'm sorry that I disrespected the Bing. Yeah. I'm sorry that I was rude <laughs> to you about the drink. Like. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, yeah. I, his order is really interesting. Like that he was rude, mm-hmm. and then that he disrespected the Bing. And then, like, he pauses and he says, and the girl. Yeah. So, like, he does include that, but it's, like, last on the list. Mm-hmm. And it's it's almost like an added-on part of this list. Well, he doesn't want to apologize for that. He doesn't yeah. want to apologize for any of it. But, like, particularly that. He doesn't He doesn't feel like he owes Tony an apology because right. of all those he things. He feels that saying. Tony owes him an apology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for hitting him, right? Right. Um, well, I mean, even when he's talking earlier um, at the diner, and Vito and Gigi are there, and he's saying, all this over a dead, as he says, whore. Yeah, whore. <laughs> all this over a dead whore. <laughs> he must have been fucking her. He knew you were, or I, this is probably not an exact quote, but, <laughs> um, and then when somebody's talking to him, saying about like oh, yeah. why he's acting this way, like, he knew that you were fucking her, saying that, like, that's why he was doing this. Right. But, like, throughout that whole conversation, like, it's just very clear that there's no regard to her life. Yeah, it you has know. nothing to do with her being a person. It has nothing to do with her being a Just person. Just her being a whore. <laughs> yeah, and that all this is over, like, the sex or something. Yeah. Like, there's no concept that this could be over the fact that he murdered a young woman. Yeah. Who possibly Tony just, like, had compassion for and yeah. knew. Yeah. Like, the fact, like, that never even seems to be on anybody's radar no. ever. No, not Polly's, not Sills, not any of those guys. They all, like... They all, you know, they under everyone understands that Ralphie is a tough person to deal yeah. with, right? Like everyone basically says that to Tony at different points of the episode, but they're all like, "It's not reason for you to like kill him," right? They yeah. were like, "Whoever it was who said was it Hash? Who was like make it right or make him disappear?" Someone yeah. said that. Maybe yeah. Um, and those were the only two options. Maybe it was still. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I can't remember exactly. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's really, it is really interesting. Um, yeah. And then Melfi even asks, right? So, like, when Tony's talking about the situation with, you know, the, like, he, he puts it in these, like, crazy words, right? Yeah. He's like, it's a business situation. Like, he, mm-hmm. like, really, but we know what he's talking about. Um, she 
right away asks him, is it complicated by a personal relationship? Like, hmm. that's what she asks about, yeah. like, the challenges with, like, putting, you know, he's like, usually I would just put them out to pasture. And she's like, is it complicated by a yeah. personal relationship? So, anyways, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just yeah. In, the only other thing yeah. I have actually on that uh, yeah. before we move on is, is Ralphie, like, talking about the coke, it always is kind of like a way for him to get out of having any yeah. responsibility over it. Like he's saying, it was the Coke. I should have never started it. Yeah. And like blaming my, it. Like it was the cocaine's fault. You know, like he murdered somebody and it's not his fault. Like all the characters, I feel like they can't own up to their mm-hmm. own actions. Like they just dismiss them and find a way to rationalize their behavior and mm-hmm. they move on. So like even this, something is as grave as a murder He's able to rationalize it by saying, oh, it wasn't my fault. It was the drugs. And yeah. then actually everybody's kind of able to move on from that. Yeah. But clearly he has issues that have not been addressed. Yeah, he clearly has issues. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, but, you know. Do you like him more than Noah Tenenbaum? Ralphie? Yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I, think, I think. You'd rather date him? <laughs> <laughs> Ralphie than Noah Tenenbaum? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Deep. I know. Um, I was just gonna like we didn't mention at the beginning of the episode but there is a, a big influence of Melfi in this episode mm. um, both like we see some stuff for her personally but then we also see her interaction with Tony and yeah. Gloria um, but her personally is, is kind of interesting too because when um, when Tony does come back for his appointment mm-hmm. after her double booking um We'll talk about that. Her double booking him with another patient. Yeah. Um, he comes back, and it's the first time we see her office kind of like at night. It's really mm. dark in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Tony asks to walk her to her car. Yeah. And the it's a, I think it's incredible acting on the part of Lorraine Bracco, who, is that right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, that came out of nowhere. Lorraine Bracco. <laughs> um and she, you can see her kind of reel from it, but then remain really calm. Like, just be like, no, thank you. I have some yeah. work to do. Um, but then we see her later in her own yeah. se- or in her own session with Cooperberg, um, you know, talking about how she was almost crying, like crying in his arms or something yeah. like that. So I just, I, I, just, I really liked that sequence of events because it yeah. does really show us, again, it's like... Um, from whose perspective are we looking at things, right? We talked about in our last episode how Melfi, in some ways, is kind of an enabler of Tony mm-hmm. as well with the, you know, how far she pushes him or not. Yeah. In this episode, too, like, she seems more, like, interested in what, mm. you know, like, she kind of wants to know the gory details, right. it seems, at sometimes. Well, now that we've seen Krakauer in the last episode, I yeah. mean, there's definitely, like, a huge difference between her approach and his yeah so we're we're more privy to the spectrum that could exist within mm-hmm. psychotherapy and then of course we see Cooperberg. yeah also different the worst <laughs> better I than like... worse than Noah Tenenbaum <laughs> no I mean like he's better than Noah Tenenbaum but I would think like if I were Melfi mm-hmm. I would be like I need to see a different therapist than this guy this guy sucks <laughs> I really would like right. he's terrible <laughs> he's terrible Peter Bogdanovich um, is pretty cool, though. He's amazing. He's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, just sorry, I shouldn't be, just be saying names. That's the actor who plays Elliot Cooperberg is actually like a pretty acclaimed and like important film director. Yeah. Um, 
who actually there's a great interview between Peter Bogdanovich and David Chase um, that's really easy to find on YouTube. That's that's worth checking you out where they talk about. Even some of these put a things. link to it. Wow. Maybe this time they they won't take it down before we uh, go to publish our episodes. I know. Um, the other thing we get from Melfi is the fact that she double booked Tony right. and Gloria. Um, I don't like. It's interesting, like from a like you know from a Freudian or like a psychoanalytic mm. perspective, right? There is no mistakes, right? They're all kind of like Freudian slips. Right. There, there's another word for it when it's your action, but. It's like your subconscious is, yeah. there's some reason why you made that error. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, for some reason, she ended up with Tony and Gloria both coming at the same time. Right. Um, I don't know how many patients she sees. I don't right. know, you know, I don't know. Again, we learn, we start to learn more about Gloria in yeah. coming episodes, right? Um, but and I, I, I'm not saying that Melfi was conscious of bringing both of those characters there at the same time, but I think she like she would even be self-evaluating mm-hmm. that, and you could see it in her face, like she's kind of like, confu- right. like perplexed and trying to figure out how that could have happened mm-hmm. or why that could have happened, um, which I thought was interesting. And then of course we, you know, so Tony gives Gloria his appointment slot. Yeah. And then later goes to her Mercedes dealer yeah. after seeing a really weird Mercedes commercial on TV. That was a weird commercial. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe that's what the early 2000s were like with car commercials. I guess so. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, so we're introduced to this new character, Gloria. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, who will, we will continue to learn about. Yes. It's funny how late in the episode, like, like we were introduced to her early yeah. in the office and then... Like, it, it's not till almost, like, the last 10 minutes of the episode that Tony goes to the dealership, sees her, and mm-hmm. they end up somehow on on his Stugatz, boat. Stugatz, yeah. Uh, with her canceling her appointment with yeah. Melfi. There definitely seems to be something, like, rather toxic about the relationship. Mm-hmm. For sure. And also, like, we're establishing again that Tony is just this chronic philanderer. Yeah. Like, there's just really, at this point, there's little hope that that would ever change. Yeah. Because he just continues, you know, yeah. demonstrating the same behavior. It's interesting, and maybe we'll like revisit this as we like as we get to know Gloria a little bit better. But like, why is Tony drawn to her besides the fact that she's beautiful? Um, or is it, or is there nothing besides the fact that she's beautiful? Because he does say to Melfi, like, why she's, would a girl like that need to come here? Right. She seems to have a sense of humor when they're just in the waiting room. But I mean, it's pretty. It's small yeah, things. It's surfacey. I think he kind of likes the damage, like that there's clearly something damaged about mm-hmm. her. Maybe. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, ducks at the end while they're on Stugatz. Duck sounds, too. Duck sounds. I think they might actually be seagulls. Actually, yeah. But, it, I but the sounds, but the sounds are, are, are definitely ducks. Yeah. And they've used that sound before at yeah. key points. Yeah. So... Yeah, so I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's just kind of something, there's just kind of some, like, a foreboding sense about mm. the whole thing for me. Mm. As somebody, I think it was uh, our friend Todd over at AV Club was pointing out that the first drive that they do, they're they're driving against this large directional arrow. Right. They're, they're driving, like, right, against, right, right. against the arrow. So there's something that's kind of, like, against the grain and incorrect, like, right from 
the beginning of their relationship. Todd's not really our friend. We don't. We're actually, not. We're, we, we don't. don't we don't, we know, don't him. know him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he did say that. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, one thing that I just wanted to point out was the weird art in Rosalie's house. There's like oh a, my god, there's like a weirdest ho- art a, of a all hobo time. Hobo clown. Hobo clown. Yeah, I love. Is that thinking, appropriate to say? Okay. Uh, that is actually the. Yeah, that's exactly the right thing okay. to say. Okay. Hobo clown. Hobo that clown. could not be more accurate. Okay. I love unpacking art in this show. I know. And I think typically it really does reflect characters. But what the fuck does a hobo clown picture mean? <laughs> I don't know. We do see more of Melfi's art when Tony goes into the waiting room. Right. We see more farm pastoral yeah. kind of paintings. Yeah. And, and the barn one. But we yeah. see some other ones too. Yeah. But no hobo clown. But there wasn't a hobo clown. Yeah, that was weird. It's quite weird. So if you have thoughts on what the hobo clown means, please email us. I mean, Rosalie's <laughs> taste in men is questionable. It so. is. Yeah. I mean, maybe she's drawn to hobo clown types. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, Ralphie is sort of a bit of a dumpster fire hobo clown. Yeah, he is. Um, my other, like, kind of just stray element was Caitlin's depression is better now because she's Because she's on ecstasy. she's doing ecstasy. Well, until tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, well, Meadow falls right asleep after taking ecstasy, so it seems right. like they're, you know, it's perhaps, not that strong. Yeah, per- perhaps they haven't researched <laughs> the drug. Yeah, the show writers should have maybe... Um, done a little bit of research on that and from yeah my understanding those are two things that you know are problematic but. yes a little bit <laughs> but that's okay um yeah no i actually thought that that was really interesting with with like caitlin on ecstasy and actually relating her to meadow and to tracy mm-hmm. um you know here she is now abusing drugs to deal with her depression mm-hmm. problems mm-hmm. so like what road is she going down and, you know, she is happy, but it's artificially induced. Yeah. Um, and even, like, the decisions that she's making, like, this guy comes up and, you know, she's clearly really high. And yeah. who knows what they go and do. You know, we don't know. We don't have that yeah. information. But, like, is that a good decision <laughs> right now? And, and or, like, what's impacting that decision? Yeah. Even more than just, like, the drug. Like, what's happening in her life, what she's struggling with, how yeah. that's, you know, brought her to where she is. Um, so yeah, we can kind of see like we've seen with other characters and the beautiful thing about the show is you have these minor, minor characters, but at the same time, they really develop and go through things and have their own arcs. Like think about Eric Scavino. Mm-hmm. He's in one episode mm-hmm. and yet he'll be mentioned, you know, mm-hmm. at times and we know that, you know, he's doing acid and he's at not Montclair State, maybe Montclair State, some state, some mm-hmm. state university, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to Georgetown and, you know isn't it's not working for him these things where you know like a character really goes somewhere yeah and it's not always good but we're we are made aware of it yeah as opposed to just characters disappearing they really value the characters that they develop that they introduce us to and then they actually like take it somewhere yeah no absolutely which i really appreciate we we only get one after last episode which is like highly focused on junior um and Carmela, we don't get very much of them in this episode, but we do get a great scene with Junior when Tony's trying to work mm-hmm. out how to deal with the Ralphie situation. Yeah. Um, and he has a great line, and I think you jotted down some notes about it. Yeah, so we have... It, it was uh, just like so Sopranos. It was yeah. like one of those meta moments. 
Yeah, so Junior says, all good questions. Tony says, what's the fucking answer? Junior says, who says there is one? Yeah. That's what being the boss is. You steer the ship the best way you know. And I mean, you know, again, like, I mean, we're at the risk of becoming a broken record. Like, ambiguity is really at the center of this show. Mm-hmm. And there there are no clear-cut answers to the questions that are presented. Yeah. And it's interesting to hear a character, like, actually, like, voicing some of those central themes of yeah. what the show is all about. And I think this is one of those moments where Junior's yeah. actually, like, stating something that's so integral to what this show is. Um, who says there are answers? And, you know, that's what being boss is. You steer the ship the best way you know. And so, like, that value of decisiveness... Mm-hmm. Um, actually just like making decisions and recognizing that there is no right, there is no mm-hmm. wrong. Uh, we don't actually often get that level of insight. No, no, that's for sure. So I think that that's definitely important. Yeah. How about um, Gigi? Gigi's death. He's he, gone. He died on we the toilet. We get Gloria Trillo and Gigi dies on the toilet, on the yeah. Pichadu. Yeah. Um, so this is actually this is something that's funny because like Gigi's a character who... I don't know, I know for myself, like, the first few times I watched this show, I was, like, tracking, like, the mob hierarchy for sure, but, like, it was just, like, it was, there was something tough well, like, about him I as a character. Like, well, I definitely didn't remember, for example, for a long time that he was the one who killed Philly Parisi. Exactly, right? right. Like, and that he came, yeah, kind of, like, yeah. yeah, he was kind of, like, a transplant. Yeah. Um, And that he showed up and killed Philly Parisi, and then he was made captain of, of the crew. crew. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, after Richie April, and now, so there's actually kind of like this like curse on this crew. Yeah. Um, and what a great crew it is. What a great crew it is. <laughs> I love the scene when he's looking out over like Vito and yeah. Gene Yeah, well, you just hear and, like Tony's breathing and he's just looking at right. Vito. Yeah. And Ralphie's like isolated from those. Mm-hmm. So he, there is something about him that that does kind of like demonstrate that he he does possess the characteristics that are necessary to lead but he's also this like brooding complicated dark damaged figure yeah well he's a good earner he's a good earner and that's all that matters yeah in this world (laughs) yeah i like the kind of like the foreshadowing that happens in this episode for Gigi. you know they're talking about his stress they're talking about the bags under his eyes right he's talking about how (laughs) When he, whenever he eats turkey, it's like spackle in his bowels. Yeah, that was really. <laughs> I was like, visual. interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you know what's coming, you're like, well, maybe you shouldn't eat turkey this year. <laughs> yeah, they're all eating those sandwiches. There was also a statement actually. He talked about how it was like spackle in his bowels, mm-hmm. and Junior talks about saying how things would run right through him. Actually, right. so there's oh, often yeah these kind mm-hmm. of like pairings. These as you. Well, we use the term of dyads. Mm, yes. <laughs> so these kind of like, yeah, these these couplings of of an idea yeah. that that come up a lot in this show. Yeah. Anyway. Anything else? Um. I liked it. Me too. And I can't wait to continue. Season three is drawing to near the end. I mean, just it's it's interesting actually that I think it's a pretty expositional episode. And I think the last one was two, which is interesting coming out of three episodes that are really kind of amplified, dramatic, yeah. violent. So I think they're really pushing forward the, the story and they're kind of taking us somewhere where they can wrap up this season. Yeah, five more episodes, I guess. And yeah, so, yeah, 13 episodes. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, that math is correct. Good. Great. <laughs> so, thanks for listening. Thank you. If you're enjoying the show, rate and review. We really appreciate it. Email us. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. And enjoy watching the best show. Yeah. Enjoy.